This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, thanks for listening in as always on Green Talk Radio from GreenLivingIdeas.com. This is Sean Daly, your host. Very excited about today's program because we're talking about one of my favorite topics, as you know from listening to this program. If you have listened to the program before, you know that anything related to electric vehicles, and specifically if it has two wheels, uh, is of uh, special uh, special interest to me. And today we're going to be talking about uh, electric scooters and motorcycles. And I think one of the things that a lot of people that are looking for alternative transportation uh, have been frustrated by the electrical vehicle market. And some of you have turned to two-wheel options, gas-powered, because of the higher fuel efficiency. And I think one of the things that most people don't realize is that there's a greater pollution aspect with those vehicles, which you can find out more about the specifics on that uh, on the greenlivingideas.com site. We actually talk about that. So, you know, I, there are new entrants in the market and uh, in the both in the motorcycle and the scooter uh, areas. So my guest to discuss that topic with us today is Jeff Morrill, who is the chief marketing officer at Vectrix which is the, the maker of the world's first high-performance electric two-wheel vehicle. Jeff, welcome to the program. Hi, Sean. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, it's our pleasure. You know, this is a perennially popular topic with, with our listeners, and we've actually spoken on the program to a number of electric vehicle manufacturers, including Bramo and Zap and Zen and so forth. And I think, you know, specifically on the two-wheel side, uh, as which is reflecting also what's happening in, on the four-wheel side, is there's been a lot of frustration, a lot of desire, consumer desire, I think, to have a fully electric vehicle, but not a lot of availability of product, um, and certainly not in all the categories that uh, that people are looking for. So I was very intrigued to hear about what Vectrix is doing. Uh, I guess my first question for you is uh, a little con- to clear up some confusion about, is this a motorcycle or a scooter? <laughs> Both. <laughs> it, uh, we've launched, we are classified with the Department of Motor Vehicles as a scooter, um, because you can step through, there's no motor, and there's no shifting, so it's an automatic. Um, so there are different uh, regulations that determine that it's a scooter, but from a riding experience and performance, it's like a motorcycle. We like to refer to it as the Vectrix because it's so new and different, um, and you really have to experience to really get the uh, full riding enjoyment of it. So uh, I, I, do you really expect to, I guess, based on that sort of straddling the middle, uh, I, I expect that you're probably trying to get a crossover from, from both audiences? Yeah, we see targets both from uh, the motorcycle arena, scooters, and quite honestly, we're bringing new people into the uh, two-wheel category, people who really want a real zero-emission vehicle, people who have not ever ridden a motorcycle or actually going and getting their motorcycle license which you do need because we do go 62 miles an hour. We are highway legal, so you have to have a motorcycle license. But a large percentage of our purchasers really want to make a difference in their daily lives and are 
tired of, you know, having to rely on foreign oil and uh, the high rising prices of oil, et cetera. So they're uh, using Vectrix as another alternative. You know, and it's interesting, too, that this vehicle does go 62 miles an hour, which is significant uh, if you look at, I mean, even, not just with regards to two-wheel electric vehicles and what there is on the market, because a lot of the quote-unquote electric scooters out there are more of like the almost electrified kids' razor <laughs> variety, um, you know, and then getting into the more of like the maxi-scooter, urban type of scooter that people might picture, or motorcycles. Again, there isn't a lot of availability, but even with regards to cars, the, the large majority of the electric vehicles out there are in the neighborhood electric vehicle ca- category, and those are limited by law to, to 25 miles an hour. Um, so this is significantly higher than that. It, it's really an urban transportation vehicle. Um, we just had a great announcement yesterday with a test with the New York Police Department um, announcing that they are testing Vetrix in actual patrols. So it's just uh, symbolic of it's a real vehicle for real transportation needs, whether it's police patrols or urban commuting. I, I heard that there, I heard an interview with you, and I, you were talking about I believe it was that police force or perhaps another, where there were a bunch of Harley guys because you know a lot of the police force ride Harleys, and those are great, obviously solid bikes and you know gas powered vehicles, of course, and that they were kind of like snickering under their noses a little bit before they got on the bike, and then they wouldn't give them back at the end. Is that is that right? Well, it's funny because, um, you know, they'll look at it and they'll say, hey, Scooter Boy, and uh, <laughs> and then uh, say, well, let's go for a ride. And then um, we get on, and in one situation we had two 250-pound uh, officers. One was an ex-linebacker, and uh, you know what? They had an awful lot of fun on the bike, and we, uh, we couldn't get them off. So that's a good uh, signal to us. You know, and that's another misnomer that I know I've come across with people and that I had myself in the beginning is that people say things like, well, you know, can an electric vehicle really go that fast? I mean, what's the power and the performance of this? And, you know, both on the car side as well as on the two-wheeled vehicle side, uh, you know, the answer is that all the power is, is so instantly available that the acceleration is far beyond what, what a combustion engine can do and, and is actually a more intense experience. Yeah, it's our, the foundation of our company really emanates out of innovative technology. Um, the motor for the Vectrix is right on the rear wheel, so the benefit of that is you get your power and torque uh, right where you need it, and the acceleration is 0 to 30 in 3.1 seconds on the Vectrix. That's great. And 0 to 50 in 6.8 seconds. Nothing wrong with that. often beat in you know, large motorcycles off the line, and they're like, hey, wait a minute, that's really electric? Like, yes, <laughs> they're we're real and we're here. Yeah, there goes Scooter Boy off in the distance. That, that's <laughs> funny. So I, I also understand something about there's a single-handed throttle and braking. It's, you can do it all with one hand. Is that accurate? Yeah, we have uh, patented technology with a regenerative braking uh, for motorcycles. It's uh, in different electric vehicles, but... You can use the throttle, obviously, to roll uh, backwards and accelerate. You can also use it to go forward, and it acts as a braking mechanism. Once people get used to that, um, they really stop using the disc brakes. We've got Brembo brakes uh, in those situations where you need fast-stopping action, but people get so used to it, so intuitive, you just roll the throttle up, you're stopping by putting the motor in reverse and also recharging the battery up to 10 to 12 percent of the total charge. And what's neat about that is when you're sitting still, it acts as we have reverse on the bike. So you can just roll backwards into a parking spot or not have to, you know, 
uh, finesse it into a parking spot. You just put it in reverse to turn around, etc. Which any any motorcycle riders out there will know what you're talking about and try finessing bikes because they don't have a reverse gear. So well, it's funny. We'll be at uh, different shows, whether they're EV shows or even cycle shows, and people will get off the Vetrix and go ride something else, and they come back and they say, um, "I was using that other bike and." I went to hit the regen braking, and they didn't have it. It is symbolic of how intuitive it becomes for riders, and it's great because you have less wear and tear on the brakes and then less maintenance costs, et cetera, and you're recharging your battery. Now, I'm curious, beyond the, the speed we've already talked about being 62 miles an hour, t- tell us about the distance and range on, on this bike. Sure. The range is between 35 and 55 miles. It's really based on uh, the riding environment. So if you're on the highway, you're going to be on the lower end of that. You know, most people, or I should say the average American commute is 42 miles um, round trip. So it's actually a perfect fit with the Vetrix. If all 42 miles are on the highway, you'd have to, you know, recharge it at work for the ride home. But if you're on the highway and on, you know, side streets, you can easily get up to the, you know, 50-mile, 50 55-mile range. And that's funny because that's, you know, for most people that's counterintuitive because with gas vehicles it's the opposite. The more time you're on the highway, the better the fuel efficiency. But I think anybody who's dealt with, like, the Toyota Prius or other hybrids is already familiar with that, that phenomenon. Yeah, we're finding EV um, knowledgeable folks. It's very intuitive. Uh, we're actually focusing a lot on training. We're looking for new dealers around the country, and as we sign them up, we go through an extensive training program on, hey, really qualify a consumer. If they're um, trying to go as fast as they can from point A to point B, you know, the range is going to be less. We want to be honest and upfront. At the same time, you learn how to almost create a little competition with yourself, how far you can you go with uh, one charge and it's it's really extensive. You can go well above 55, but you become a master at the EV uh, Vetrix techniques by that point. <laughs> okay. So so you're saying the the range is the bottom end is about 35, and the top end is uh, around 55. Yeah. Okay. All right, good. Well, I have a ton more questions for you, Jeff, but we're going to take a quick break to go to our uh, sponsors, and then we will be right back with Jeff Morrill, Chief Marketing Officer for Vectrix Electric Scooters. Listen to Coaching the Life Coach, business and marketing strategies for growth of transformational practices, your guide in the 21st century marketplace on personallifemedia.com. And we are back talking about electric scooters with and motorcycles and anything electric two wheels with Jeff Morrill, who is the chief marketing officer for Vectrix. Jeff, I had some other questions. We were talking before the break about the speed, the distance, the range of the bike. Um, I think that naturally leads in any conversation with regards to electric vehicles naturally leads to a discussion of batteries and battery technology. So can you tell our audience a little bit about the battery technology in the Vectrix? Sure. We use uh, a nickel metal hydride in the Vetrix V1. We refer to our current product. Um, it is, you know, a common battery out there, battery source out there. Uh, other current hybrid vehicles are using it. We think it's a great alternative. Um, it delivers a really low center of uh, gravity on the Vetrix for a smooth ride because all of the battery is down low underneath the front seat. And uh, it is recharged, a total charge is about three hours, and that's where you get the 35 to 55 miles. What's great about nickel metal hydride is there's no memory loss like some cell phones. 
So I ride uh, to our R&D center about 24 miles away, and I plug it in to charge it back up in case at night I want to go to my kid's soccer team or soccer game or something like that. You don't have to worry about uh, any memory loss of the battery. It's actually good conditioning for the battery to plug it in at every opportunity. Now, I'm curious about that, too, because I picture, you know, I haven't had the, the good fortune to have one of these yet uh, or a vehicle like this. And, and in terms of plugging it in, I mean, obviously at home you're going to arrange it in your garage or your outside plug, but now you're, you're parked at your office or the store or what have you. What, what's the availability of plugs and, you know, bringing a cable and, and all of that, the, the, sort of the logistics of, of that, how, how convenient or inconvenient does that end up being? Uh, I think it's actually more convenient than people would realize. I mean, Vetrix plugs into a regular 110 outlet. And if you have to actually look for them, they're everywhere, whether it's at a gas station or a convenience store. Um, what we would hope as we, you know, introduce the Vetrix into this country and others is we actually start building charging stations with different businesses or cities to make um, – electricity more available. We are actually in conversation with some folks to do that now, or even offices or businesses creating charging stations for EV um, uh, employees to make their life easier to charge. Well, it would be a beautiful dream of the future, wouldn't it, to, to have parking spaces with uh, uh, sort of, I, I picture a little post at the end of the parking space coming out of the cement stopper, and there's a, there's a dual plug there, an electric plug. That would be a good sign, I think, for our society. Yeah, I would say there are cities around the world like London that are doing that, and we uh, are hoping to have conversations and identify some cities in the U.S. that want to help lead uh, the paradigm shift here, and we would love to build out an infrastructure to make uh, uh, electric-powered sources available to riders of Vetrix, both uh, consumers and city fleets. Yeah. So I'm just going back, you had mentioned about the, the returning to the battery discussion. I had another question about that. You, you mentioned nickel metal hydride, and I, I have a technology background and have dealt with a lot with laptops, as a lot of people out there have, and different technologies. And, and I'm, I'm just curious about nickel metal hydride. Obviously, you said as it was a good alternative, and I'd say that the alternative is uh, to the lead acid technology, which has been around forever. And um, you know, is not uh, the same ca- sort of capacity and, and things like that and size. It requires more space. But what I'm wondering about is, does nickel metal hydride have a memory effect, which is, well, for pe- people who don't know what memory effect is, is where the battery sort of retains if you only half charge it over time, you don't fully go through a full decharge and recharge uh, cycle. It ends up re- uh, remembering that it can retain less charge than it really can. Is that an issue with nickel metal hydride? No, it's not an issue at all. It's one of the benefits of nickel metal hydride. Um, and it's where the benefit for the rider is you can go, you know, to half full charge or three-quarters full or a third and then just plug it back in and charge it all the way up. And another thing I guess we should mention about nickel metal hydride that I'm aware of is that, you know, lithium, lithium ion has had, uh, you know, some exploding issues with certain products on the market. We won't, they'll, they'll rename nameless, but, uh, but there have been some issues with lithium ion batteries actually having, uh, catching on fire and things like that. So, um, and is that, is lithium ion much more expensive as a battery technology to implement than, than nickel metal hydride? Actually, um, you know, there are benefits to uh, that source. Uh, Lithium is not totally really readily available to a lot of different um, vehicle providers today. So it, I think, is a potential option in the future. Um, And I would say Vetrix is looking at a lot of different uh, 
battery power sources to extend uh, the range and deliver a great riding experience. So, Jeff, I had a question. Just This is something that comes up quite a bit in regards to the noise factor or the lack of noise that exists on these vehicles. Um, some people tout that as an advantage. Some people tout it as a disadvantage, particularly with regards to it's been in the news where there have been visually impaired people that have, uh, with I think it was the Toyota Prius, there was a lawsuit because they couldn't uh, hear the vehicle coming. It was in its uh, electric mode. Is that something that's come across your radar screen at Vectrix? It's actually come across as both a feature and a benefit for Vectrix. Um, we've actually added a small hum to the bike, so if there is actually somebody who is potentially blind on the corner street, they or their, you know, guide dog would hear a little hum of the bike, and it actually adds a lot more awareness to the driver to make sure they're alert. And uh, what we're finding is, you know, the Vectrix V1 is, you know, it, it's a, a large size vehicle. It's like a motorcycle size, so people tend to see that. There are clearly times where people aren't paying attention, and obviously we'd want to make sure the rider's aware and sound or no sound isn't going to help them in those situations. But we uh, are a big advocate of driver training and uh, safe driving. Yeah, okay. I was just curious because I, I've uh, you know, heard that come up. Uh, and it's interesting to hear that you've implemented the hum because I, I've mused with other guests before that it, you know there's an opportunity, a business opportunity around creating an, uh, a, a cool vroom vroom type of noise company that we can do audio samples and and you know uh, allow manufacturers to license them to make your bike sound however you want. So well, we've actually had uh, customers and consumers call us and say, "Hey, can you do like cell phones so I can get a different song in front of the vroom vroom?" <laughs> right. And, well, we do not offer that option today. That's a very intriguing. Idea. It's like, you know, I want, uh, you pre-configure it with the Harley noise, you know, or you uh-huh. with the sport bike noise. Yeah, that's funny. So, <clears throat> also, I'm curious about on, on the uh, the servicing side. Let's say my Vectrix breaks down. This is an issue with any alternative vehicle where maybe there isn't the same supply chain and servicing chain that exists with, with other more conventional vehicles. W- what happens to me if my Vectrix has an issue and I need it serviced, or just when it needs servicing? Yeah, yes, uh, an important piece there is we have launched uh, last uh, April in the U.S. We're delivering uh, Vectrix V1s in 10 states right now, and we're building out the network of dealers in states. Um, so we're actually holding off, and this is difficult for us, but not delivering bikes in a state where we don't yet have a dealer partner, just so we can make sure we deliver what we call the Vectrix experience in a high level of customer service. But I'll take a state where we do have a dealer, and what we have is a traditional bricks-and-mortar dealership uh, structure. We also uh, require them to have uh, a van or a mobile truck unit, and what they do is we call it the Vetrix VIP direct service. The truck will come um, deliver the bike to your home or do a test ride or come if there's service needed. Um, so that you have two options, one coming into the dealership for service or we actually come to you. It's um, an electric vehicle, so there's not a lot of um, fluids to adjust or components to adjust. We plug in a laptop and run service uh, download programs on our product. Oh, okay. Yeah, similar to what a lot of the garages have to do these days with uh, various more advanced cars, uh, being able to having to use computers to service them. Exactly. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay, well, I have I have two other uh, very important questions for you that uh, we'll have to wait until after this break. One about the all important question of cost, and then also about styling. So those will wait until after this last break from our commercial sponsor, and we will be back with Jeff Morrill, Chief Marketing Officer for Vectrix.
Listen to Living Green, Effortless Ecology for Everyday People, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. Okay, and we are back with Jeff Morrill from Vectrix. We're talking about two-wheeled, high-performance electric vehicles, also known as scooters and motorcycles. And uh, Jeff, I had a question for you, just you know, really um, where a lot of people, I think, who are listening to this or have heard about the Vectrix are going to be asking the question of you know, cost. Well, what do these things cost? Can you answer that for us? Sure. The Vectrix is $11,000, and uh, we're finding some states are actually offering rebates Georgia has got uh, probably the most advanced rebate where there's a 20% tax um, refund for the purchase of any EV vehicle. So we're hoping more states and cities uh, have support programs like that. Um, I might have to go to Georgia to buy my Vectrix. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty enticing. Um, and and, and so right about in there, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the pricing in this market. And so I can say that, you know, based on the performance and the features, you, you know, there are other products out there that are in the thirteen dollars to $15,000 range that I've talked to on this program and have researched and so forth. So it, it sounds like you guys are actually priced right in the sweet spot there at that price point. And I'm glad to hear you said $11,000 and not your because I read something online that said you were, you were using the euro, and based on the way the dollar is comparing to the euro right now, that would have been a lot more than eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> we are uh, having currency fluctuations as everyone else is, but it is eleven thousand um, dollars. We do think we hit, you know, hopefully the right price point. Um, it is a whole new category. We're pioneering the way, and we've really tried to. Um, uh, really, we want to make a statement that the uh, V1 is real, and we got top-of-line components like Brembo brakes, Marzocchi shocks. Uh, we didn't cut any corners because we wanted people to have an outstanding all-electric ride. Now, and what about tires? You use Pirelli, is that right? Pirelli, yes. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Well, that's good. That's definitely a high-performance vehicle. Um, <clears throat> well, and, you know, I had one other question, which is actually about on the styling side, more on the uh, on the aesthetics, as long as we're talking about aesthetics. And it seems to me there's sort of two category, main categories of, of scooters and urban scooters. And one is the more modern uh, urban maxi scooter look, which is Vectrix is, I think, very in line with. It's, it's that beefier, almost like kind of hybrid motorcycle scooter look. Uh, it's a very substantial vehicle. It's got the, the modern lines and such. And then you've got sort of the, the old school people who like the old Vespa look, that, that throwback look, you know, where you look like you're going to have that little, you know, the little half helmet and a cup of cappuccino in one hand and right, one hand right. on the scooter. If you've been to Italy, you'll know what I'm talking about. Maybe a yep. cigarette in there too. Um, you know, so I'm just curious, are you, do you guys have any plans that you can talk about with regards to possibly doing a, a more of a, a classic style? in the future? Actually, we uh, see a lot of different um, options from a future design perspective. We are, like any great company, working on lots of new products uh, all the time, and we actually featured a concept, uh, a new concept for a superbike at the Milan Eichma Show uh, probably 60 days ago, and uh, we're going to have it on tour in the U.S. It'll be at CES. Uh, at our booth there in early January in Las Vegas. And uh, we would anticipate, you know, again, a pipeline of new products um, over the next, you know, 
coming years so that we can continue to meet different rider needs with an all-electric vehicle. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I'm glad I asked the question. So so for those of you Quadrophenia modhead types out there, there is hope for, <laughs> for you yet. Uh, and I think, well, and I also read something I wanted to clarify with you, uh, which was something about a potential three-wheeled option for this. Is that still in the works? Yes, actually, we introduced it uh, at EVS in uh, Anaheim uh, last month, or earlier this month, I guess. And we have a concept bike that we are um, now starting to take deposits on. It is two wheels in the front and has a great riding experience offering more stability. There are some patented uh, components to an independent wheel action that we have on our V3 model. Again, it's not yet available, but we're starting to take deposits today at uh, myvetrix.com, or you can go to vetrix.com to get to it. And we would see that as a great riding option. As you pull up to a stoplight, you hit a button, and if the bike stabilizes and automatically locks in a vertical position, um, this can only happen at three miles per hour or under. But you can you not have to put your feet on the ground or not have to worry about backing up. And people are actually amazed when they see somebody stop and not put their feet down. And then they read on the back our little banner that says 100% electric, and their head just kind of spins, and you see them all roll down their window and say, what is that? It's the Vetrix. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. They're definitely head turners. I mean, anything along these lines right now, people are really uh, you know, uh, amazed that they even exist. It still seems very futuristic to people, even though, you know, electric vehicles have been around since the twenties. It's, you know, to, to actually, um, to, to see them in use, it's really, it still represents the, the unrealized promise and potential of the future with regards to sustainable transport. So it's exciting to see companies like Vectrix producing products. And that leads me into my last question, which I really think is the most important question of all, particularly for somebody who's very interested in a, in a vehicle like this. Uh, are these available right now? Can I get one? Yeah, we. Um, if you go to Vectrix.com, uh, we show all the states where we have dealers in. We are currently delivering bikes in California, Oregon, Washington, Texas, Utah, uh, Arizona, um, Florida, Georgia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Rhode Island, New York, and Massachusetts. That's great. And, and so there's no current wait list for the most part? There, uh, the only wait list we have is in states that we have not yet got a dealer infrastructure in. And we are, one, looking for new dealers in other states like Arizona, Ohio, Michigan, um, but we're also in conversations in a lot of those to get dealers set up as the demand is growing every day. And we have people drive across the country and buy a Vetrix in our flagship store right in downtown Newport, Rhode Island. Oh, no, that's funny. You guys are in Newport, Rhode Island. I grew up in Barrington, Rhode Island. So. Oh, did you? Yes. Yes, I did. I'm in California now, but that's my... Small that's world, my huh? It is a very small world. Yes, well, great. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for being on the program with us today and sharing the information about Vectrix. It's very exciting to see the product shipping on the market uh, and representing uh, part of the future of two-wheeled electric transportation. 
Great. We uh, thanks for having me, and we'll be in California in January. And we'd love to get you on a Vetrix to actually ride it. Oh well, you know I'll be there. I'll definitely. Uh, I'd love to to be a guinea. Well, not really a guinea pig, I guess, since you guys have been around for a while. But I'd love to get my crack at it. So uh, you can count on that. My guest today has been Jeff Morrill, Chief Marketing Officer at Vectrix. You can find them online at www.vectrix.com or myvectrix.com. Jeff, thanks again. Thank you. Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.